It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There were several transfer visitors on campus this past weekend. Who stood out? When are they making decisions? That and a whole lot more here on your Monday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome into it, your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. This episode is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. You can find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. You'll need those to get in your Twitter Tuesday questions for tomorrow's show. Every single Tuesday right here, it's when you take over the show. Any questions you have on uh, football, recruiting, basketball, baseball, whatever you guys got, at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. We'll spend part of tomorrow's show answering those questions and a whole lot more. I appreciate you guys for watching on YouTube, liking this video, uh, hearting it, thumbs upping it, and uh, thumbs upping it, and um, and subscribing to the channel, and of course listening wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to discuss a bunch of guys who were on campus. I say a bunch, which is a couple, but a couple of uh, transfer uh, targets, if you will, took some official visits to Tennessee over the weekend. Two of those guys that we're going to talk about are actually going to announce their commitment sometime today, whether that be Tennessee, whether that be another program um you know who's to know at this point in time but uh we will find out at some point today so three critical tennessee visitors tennessee targets were on campus and so we're going to discuss that in segment number one we'll look ahead to the safety position in 2023 in segment two and then of course we'll recap tennessee's big win over south carolina that's coming up in segment number three so some of those visitors who were on campus visiting the university of tennessee over the weekend uh, one is a wide receiver. He's been very popular in terms of the transfer target conversation dating back all the way to early December. Uh, Dante Thornton of Oregon. Oregon transfer receiver Dante Thornton. He was on campus. He left Sunday afternoon. I think this is going to come down to an Auburn-Arkansas-Tennessee battle. And um, he is actually going to announce where he's going. That's going to be at 1 o'clock later this afternoon. So uh, he went ahead and announced a commitment uh date, if you will, and a commitment time, uh, that was at some point on Sunday. So that's really good, you know, re- really good if you're thinking about Tennessee and, and, and you know, the, the timing of all this, because again, he was leaving campus on Sunday. So uh, Dante Thornton, he is a six foot five, 200 pound receiver, and he's not been ultra productive in college throughout his first two years in 2021. He started two games, had nine receptions on the year, 175 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, This past season, he went up to 17 receptions, 366 yards and a touchdown. But he fits the bill of what an outside receiver in this offense truly is. Again, six foot five, 200 pounds, long and explosive. He can also play in the slot. And I think that there's some options there to use his uh, uh, use his. Oh, gosh, the word is slipping me. Not variation, but uh, uses versatility. There you go. Versatility. It's Monday, guys. And, um, you know, that could be an issue or that could be an issue for defenses in the SEC if he chooses to come to Tennessee. But he was on campus. I had a chance to catch up with him on Sunday afternoon, and that's at VolQuest.com. But that is Oregon wide receiver Dante Thornton, and he will announce his commitment to 
somewhere at one o'clock coming up later today. Another one that is announcing his commitment coming up sometime today is defensive lineman from Arizona State, um, Omar Normant Lott. Um, Omar Normant Lott, he has two years of eligibility remaining, as does Dante Thornton, mind you. Two years of eligibility remaining. And in the last two years, he's combined for 44 tackles, four sacks, seven TFLs, and again, he'll have three years to play two seasons. What's interesting about Omar Normat Lott, again, he's long been long been rumored to the University of Tennessee. He actually jumped in the transfer portal this time last year, and Rodney Garner gave it his best go. Tennessee gave it their best go. They tried to get this guy last year as well, but he ultimately decided to go out of the portal and remain at Arizona State. Um, he jumped back in. Of course, Tennessee got back involved again. And he was on campus this past week and had a chance to talk with him on Sunday afternoon as well. And he thinks the world of Rodney Gardner. He likes Josh Heupel a lot. I think he likes what Tennessee is building here. So he is going to announce his commitment at some point today. We think about 4 o'clock Eastern time. And and really, I mean, Tennessee's been the name linked to him for a long time. I'm To be completely honest with you, I'm not too sure what other programs are in the mix here. And it's a little bit different than high school recruiting. You know, these guys that are transfers, they've been through the recruiting process. A lot of times... Of course, the the timeline is accelerated because they got to get they got to find a school and get in for, for for spring classes, and a lot of time they've kind of, they've kind of been through all that hoopla and they don't really much want to talk about. It. I'm not saying that's the case for um, Omar Normant Lot, but I don't really know another program that's that's involved here. To be completely honest with you, um, I like Tennessee's chances. He's going to announce sometime today. We think at about four o'clock. So uh, those are two that I would say Tennessee's in really good shape with. Set to make their announcements uh, today at one o'clock and then at four o'clock. And both those guys were on campus for visits this past weekend. Another guy that was also on campus at the very beginning of the weekend is Miami offensive tackle transfer John Campbell. Um, I think this is between Tennessee and Florida. He was on campus for a little bit. I think he left sometime on Friday, and then he was at Florida the rest of the weekend. So I do think it's coming down between Tennessee and Florida. The Vols will have to survive that Florida visit, and of course we'll find out in the next couple of days or so because I think he is uh, nearing a decision. Not sure when that's going to be. That's not when. Not sure when that's going to happen. Uh, but nonetheless, John Campbell was on campus as well in the last few days. And Tennessee very much wants another offensive tackle to add to their to their room because they are they've got a lot of guards. They don't have a, an awful lot of offensive tackles. And you know Alex Keurig or Andre Keurig, the the guy from Texas that transferred into Tennessee, he's likely to play guard in this offense. So Tennessee very much needs another tackle, and they like John Campbell. Had him on campus, and we'll see what ultimately happens with him. Don't know his uh, announcement date just yet, but he was on campus as well. And one other guy that Tennessee tried to get on campus, but ultimately it did not happen, uh, that was um, Maryland defensive line transfer Messiah Masili Kite. Uh, he was planning on coming to Tennessee, ultimately canceled that, and I believe he went ahead and committed to Auburn. So, uh, if you've heard that name, Messiah Masili Kite, a defensive lineman from Maryland, he did not make it to campus. But uh, we'll find out what Oregon transfer wide receiver Dante Thornton, what Arizona State defensive line transfer Omar Norman Law, what they decide to do because they are going to commit at 1 o'clock Eastern and 4 o'clock Eastern, respectively. And of course, Tennessee has taken a wide receiver each of the past two cycles with Josh Heupel in the transfer portal. You can never have enough defensive linemen. Uh, Omar Norman Lott is an interior guy. He would play on the inside. He's about six foot one, six foot two, about uh, 290 pounds. So he's more of an interior presence, more so than like a pass rusher on the outside, if you will. So, of course, Tennessee's brought in four players from the transfer portal already. Tied in McAllen Castles from UC Davis. 
uh, kicker Charles Campbell from Indiana. Those two guys are in their last year of eligibility. Um, offensive lineman Andre Carrick of Texas, he's got a couple years. And then linebacker Keenan Peely from BYU, he's also in his last year of eligibility. So there are some spots to fill. We'll see if Tennessee can add to that list today. Uh, coming up with two transfer target announcements at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock with Dante Thornton and Omar Norman Lott. We'll see if Tennessee can get either one of those guys and more. But it was a busy weekend in terms of transfer portal uh, targets for the University of Tennessee as they try to continue on and add to their roster. All right, coming up next, we'll break down what the safety position is going to look like in 2023. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. A small business owner hiring a manager. Maybe maybe that's you. And you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have those skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goal goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly qualify and attract candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profile to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates available. Identify the most qualified candidates at LinkedIn Jobs, help you connect with them fast and for free. It makes it easy, that being LinkedIn Jobs, to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free. That's at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked on Vols. I am Eric Kane. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Don't forget, Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Any questions, comments, concerns you guys may have, let's hear them. We'll do it on tomorrow's Locked on Vols. All right, so let's continue on with our position look ahead. What does the Tennessee safety position look like in 2023? And I know this is kind of a hot topic for a lot of people listening uh, because the safety play, for one reason or another, is just not... Uh, probably not been good enough the last couple of years. So you got two experienced safeties and Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough who have started and played really each of the past four seasons. They know where they're supposed to be. They're leaders back there. That th There's a reason why they're back there and they're playing every single snap. And ultimately, Tennessee doesn't have confidence in players behind them to step up and play. Um, that you know For Tim Banks, that's been primarily the reason why uh, these two guys have been out there playing. But Trayvon Flowers will not be back next year, so he is gone. Jalen McCullough will be back next year. Uh, but overall, Tennessee's got to take a step forward. And, and, you know, there are some options. We'll get into that here in a moment with Wesley Walker, Danico Slaughter, Christian Charles, potentially. But ultimately, Tennessee finished 13th in the conference against the pass, giving up 287 yards a game. And that stat that usually doesn't follow programs competing for trips to Atlanta or uh, the college football playoffs. Um, at one point in time, heading into the Vanderbilt game, actually, Tennessee's defense was 13th in the conference in defending the pass at giving up 302.2 yards, yards per game, and Vanderbilt's secondary was giving up 302 yards, 0.4 yards per game. So it was kind of neck and neck, and then Tennessee, of course, pitched that shutout to end the regular season and, and brought that set down you know, considerably, about 15 yards 
Uh, but, you know, Vanderbilt finished in 14th in the league, last in the league. Tennessee finished 13th in the league with 287 yards uh, given up through the pass. And it's not just the safeties. I mean, there's cornerbacks in there. There's linebackers in there. There's a pass rush in there. Maybe it's not there, and that's a reason for it. It's all tied together. But, you know, when we're talking about some stats that mean a whole lot to safeties, you know, that would be one of them. So, you know, Tennessee is in a good spot where it brings back an awful lot. But it, it's going to bring back a guy that, again, like I said, started for the last, you know, four years pretty much. Uh, McCullough jumped from a 49.3, which was very much a backup grade according to Pro Football Focus, on 996 snaps in 2021 to 70.3, which is a starter quality grade, barely, on 652 snaps this past season. So he did miss a couple of games, of course, for the off-the-field issue, but his snap count went considerably down. But his play, according to the Pro Football Focus, you know, we do that here on the show, it went up considerably. Um, said he uh, a career-high 51 tackles for him this year, gave up 15 completions on 20 targets for 212 yards, as the primary defender in pass coverage. These numbers, again, are improved from 2021, um, as it was 35 receptions on 53 targets for 457 yards and three touchdowns back in 2021. Again, pro football focus, it's not everything, but it does paint a decent picture. And McCullough, who will be back, looks to continue to make improvements and bring up that grade and his overall play to where a guy that Tim makes continue to rely on at the safety position. But who else is back there at the safety position that's not named Jalen McCullough? Well, Andre Turrentine. He didn't really see the field an awful lot. Again, he was the young freshman transfer from Ohio State. Played some special teams, but uh, you know, as a redshirt freshman this year, really didn't have a role in the secondary as a safety. Maybe that can change this spring and moving forward into 2023. There's a lot of high hopes for Jordan Thomas. The true freshman this year, I thought he absolutely balled out on special teams. A really, really nice guy that I think uh, Tennessee has a lot of high hopes for. And again, will be a big spring for him this year to see if he can bring anything to the table for that safety spot. You also have options in Danico Slaughter and Christian Charles. It's why it's so interesting when we talk quarterbacks and secondary, you know, where are some of these chess pieces going to be? Um, you know, Slaughter played safety in the absence of Jalen McCullough. When McCullough came back, that's when he transitioned over to corner midseason. And I think Danico Slaughter, and I've said this time in and time out, I think he was one of Tennessee's better quarterbacks. I do. Was he perfect? No. Does he have a whole lot to learn? Absolutely. But I think he brings something that Tennessee just doesn't have out there on the perimeter. Uh, Christian Charles, he played corner exclusively this year, and that was out of need in spring. They kept him there this fall. It just never really materialized. Uh, it was it was not a good year for Christian Charles. I think he might be one of the better athletes on the team, but at cornerback, it just wasn't wasn't good whatsoever. So will he stay at corner or will he transition back to the safety position? You know, we'll have to see. We'll include the star position in here as well, and that kind of brings up Wesley Walker. Wesley Walker made two starts at the safety position against Vanderbilt, and of course in the Orange Bowl against uh, Clemson in place of Trayvon Flowers. And Wesley Walker is a guy who I think will open up as a safety, you know, next year. And I think he's a guy that can play there. And I think he should have played there a whole lot more. He split time with Tamari McDonald, the star position, that nickelback spot a lot this year. Um, but his versatility is a guy to where I think he needs to be on the field an awful lot more. Um, Tamari McDonald, he was a great story. He won that position, won that position battle in fall camp, and really, you know, had a leg up on everybody because he's one of the few guys that were out there in spring and going through there and getting a whole lot better. He finished fourth on the team with 51 tackles. Um, he wasn't the best guy as a primary defender in pass coverage. He allowed 49 receptions on 61 passes for 400 yards and three touchdowns on 614 snaps this year. 
uh, Walker, who played 404 snaps. Let's see here. Um, he was better in terms of being the primary defender, but by not, not an awful lot. But it's in terms of his pro football focus grade, the Georgia Tech transfer, that being, of course, Wesley Walker, um, he finished at 74.4, which is, you know, really solid. As the uh, qualified defender, the, as the um, primary defender, allowed one touchdown on 134 yards this year. So, again, I was mistaken. It was much better. <laughs> it was much better. But I don't think he was targeted as much when he was in the football game than to Mary McDonald. Anyway, you want to spin it, more Wesley Walker, whether that be at star or at safety, and I think that's going to be at star an awful lot this year. Who's gone? Well, uh, that is Trayvon Flowers. He's the only notable loss for the secondary as of now. He has some limitations, but there's a reason why he's back there. He finished second on the team with 57 tackles this year. Um, he had team high two interceptions along with Kamal Haddon. Pro football focused grade, though, it dropped from 67.1 last year to 60.2 this fall, playing over 200 less snaps. So that should have went up. He should have been a little bit more rested. Of course he was, and as Tommy Miss was last two games of the season. But you know, Trayvon Flowers, he had his moments. He had a big interception at Pittsburgh, had a big-time sack um, on third down on the goal line there at the end of the game against Pittsburgh. Um, he did some things, but he also you know, led up a lot of plays as well. So Trayvon Flowers... I'm not going to say it's going to be easy to replace him, but I think there's a lot of opportunities there for sure. All right, who is coming in or who is you know now here to become a Tennessee volunteer at the safety position? Well, Tennessee signed five defensive backs in the early signing period, two of which will play safety, uh, John Slaughter and Jack Luttrell. Slaughter is um, you know one of the better players from the state of Mississippi. He jumped on board with Tennessee early last summer. Luttrell was the, was the longest commit for the class of 2023. Uh, committing to the University of Tennessee back in the summer of 2021. John Slaughter has been making some noise. He was there for bowl practice. He's a guy that whenever whenever coaches were kind of talking and, and you know people outside of the uh outside of the practice setting, you know, that name just kept kept coming up. John Slaughter, John Slaughter. I think he made a couple of picks in practice. I think he made some plays. I think that's a guy that Tennessee's really excited about seeing what he can do in spring practice and then ultimately in, in fall camp to see if there's a role for him in the secondary in 2023. So Tennessee's safeties, you bring back an awful lot. You bring back one starter that's been a starter for four years that's, you know, I think a lot of times you can upgrade at that position. You're going to have to go away from Trayvon Flowers, who was not returning. Anyway, you want to spin it, the safety position is going to look a little bit different this year, but Tennessee has got to take a step at that position if they want to take a step defensively for a defense overall that took a big step in 2023. Again, or 2022, it really did. And if you throw out the South Carolina game, it would have taken even a bigger step. But still, you know, with that debacle, this defense took a big step this year. But you got to get faster and more athletic, and we'll see what that safety position looks like in 2023. All right, when we come back, let's talk about Tennessee's win. Tennessee's Tennessee hoops the win at South Carolina. Boy, that was a massive, massive beatdown uh, for Tennessee over at the Gamecocks. We'll come back and talk about that here on the other side, right here on Locked on Vols. But first... Bet online is your number one source for your sports betting information, news, stats, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to the NBA to the World Cup. They've got it all. That's at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well, but only after you listen to this one each and every day. Always there for the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports betting information, like the lines and the spreads, the first half, second half for Tennessee basketball. A lot of times you want to take the under. Well, maybe the way you're playing right now, maybe the way Tennessee's playing right now, you want to take the over because that offense is 
off and running. More on that in a moment. But Tennessee's defense, the best in the country, to continues to eliminate or continues to, to halt teams from getting around the 50-point mark like they did on Saturday against South Carolina. Any way you want to find it, you can find all those props at betonline.net. You can head on over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more today. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys and gals, we got one more segment left here of this Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Again, Twitter Tuesdays tomorrow. Don't forget to, uh, any questions you have to get them in. Uh, Tennessee basketball now improves to 13 and 2 on the season, 3 and 0 in SEC play. Been a couple years since they started off that hot. 85 to 42, the win over South Carolina. Um, nothing erases what happened on the gridiron at South Carolina back in November, whatever it was. But uh, I think a lot of Tennessee fans were happy to see this one just completely bulldoze South Carolina. If you were to tell me that South Carolina scored 63 points and beat Tennessee in in, in this academic school year you would just assume that would be on the hardwood. <laughs> that was on the gridiron, <laughs> you know, but Tennessee held South Carolina to 42 freaking points. Just incredible. Best defense, according to the Kim Palm Adjusted Defensive Efficiency Rating. Um, and it's by a long shot. I mean, Tennessee's been fantastic. But what's been more impressive about Tennessee here lately is the offense. In a game against Mississippi State, Tennessee went off. In a game against South Carolina, Tennessee went off, jumping out to early leads. I think Tennessee led like 13-2 to in the opening couple of minutes. But the Volunteers shot 60% from the field in half number one. Shot 51.5% from the field in the entire game, made 10 three-pointers. Tennessee was on fire. Defensively held South Carolina to 25% on the game. South Carolina made only 12 field goals in this basketball game. 12 of 48 from the field. 4 of 26 from behind the arc. 15% from three. And they got to the charity strap 15 times, made 14 of those, or it would have been a lot uh, more devastating. But Tennessee's defense was incredible. And the last two games, Tennessee's offense has been incredible as well. Tennessee made 10 of 22 three-point shot attempts and made 35 of 68 shot attempts from the field. And that's a 51%, 60%, 17 of 28 from the field in half number one. And when you look at it, you know, who contributed and who played well, well, I think the story converse, I think the conversation begins with Olivier Kumwa. 21 points off 10 of 10 shooting and 10 rebounds. The last, uh, I guess, I guess the last two games, Olivier Kumwa is 15 for 15, 31 points and 11 rebounds. He only got one rebound or maybe no rebounds, I can't remember. Um he did not he was not on the boards against Mississippi State, but he was against South Carolina. I think he was challenged by Rick Barnes in film study throughout the week and he came up through in, in a big way. This is the game at South Carolina where Olivier Comwa got hurt and saw his season come to an end last year. I remember when he was when he was on the Ball Club Confidential over at volquest.com uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said, hey, I'm looking forward to going to South Carolina. For some reason, South Carolina, I don't play well or I get hurt or whatever. I'm looking forward to playing that game. And boy, did he show out again. 10 of 10 shooting. He has not missed a shot from the field since December the 28th. He is on some type of run offensively. 
10 to 10 from the field, 21 points and 10 rebounds. Olivia Cumwall was fantastic. Other guys that stood out, yet a career high 15 points from Jonas Adu, six of nine shooting from the field. He had three rebounds as well. Jonas Adu looked really, really good. Yeah, 12 points apiece for Santiago Vescovi. He was five of nine from the field, two of four from three point range. And 12 points from Josiah Jordan-James, who's coming off the bench, played another 17 minutes, 4 of 9 shooting from the field, 2 of 5 from beyond the three-point line. And right now, when you have Zakiya Ziegler, Jonas Adu, Jemiah Meshack, and Josiah Jordan-James coming off the bench, and Toby Awaka coming off the bench, I mean, that's a starting five right there if you think about it. Tennessee's been putting out there the last couple of weeks, especially with James's injury. Julian Phillips, Olivia Cumwall, Uros Plavsic, Tyreek Key, who had a had a better bounce back day a little bit. Only finished with three points, but at least he made a three-pointer at one point in time. Uh, and then Santiago Vescovi, that's your starting five. And then you're getting 19 points from Jonas Adu, 19 points from Zakai Ziegler, 16, excuse me, 19 minutes apiece from Adu and Ziegler, 16 minutes from Jamai Meshek, 17 minutes from Triple J, 11 minutes from Toby Awaka. I mean, that, 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 that's depth. That is quality depth that you're going to need and you're going to rely on the longer this season goes. And Tennessee has that. Really, really good. Um, you know, that, 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 that's awesome for Tennessee, if we're being completely honest. Tennessee can go 10 deep right now and not think anything of it. Uh, Julian Phillips, he continues to look a little bit better offensively. I think he had 11 points against uh, Mississippi State in that, uh, that midweek game last week. He had eight points in this one, three or four shooting from the field. But nobody can touch what Olivier Kumwan did. He was fantastic. Eight assists again from Zekai Ziegler. He had a double-double earlier in the week with ten with 11 points and 10 assists against Mississippi State. He nearly had another double-double, <laughs> you know, finishing with uh, eight assists. Well, he was a little bit off there in the points. He was only scored three points, but had eight assists. So uh, Tennessee's looking really, really good in this one. And again, 13-2. and <clears throat> On the season, 3-0 in SEC play, and now you look ahead. Tennessee will be at Vanderbilt for midweek clash. That's coming up on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then the big one, they're struggling right now. They got absolutely bulldozed last week against, uh, or on Saturday against Alabama. But you got Kentucky at Thompson Bowling Arena. That is Saturday at noon Eastern. So a couple of big-time rivalry games this week for Tennessee basketball on the road at Vanderbilt, that'll be on Tuesday, and then home against Kentucky, and Tennessee looking to jump out to a 5-0 and record in SEC play. Tennessee basketball is looking good right now. Again, building depth, finding roles, everybody's buying in. You've got a good post presence. I mean, you really do. you got Julian Phillips, Olivier Kumwa, Uros Plavsic, Jonas Adu, and Toby Awaka. You've got four to five guys in the post that you feel really, really good about right now, um, especially you know those bruisers like Plavsic, Kumwa, Awaka, and Adu. You feel really, really good about that 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 group of four guys right there. If you can just get Tyree going offensively instead of just kind of seeing the flash. You see the flash. That's what I said a moment ago. Like There was a couple times in that game where you saw the flash. It just never stayed consistently. Santiago Vescovi, who was shooting a career worse to begin the season, um, he's been really, really well. He cooled off a smidge, but still shot really well. Five and nine from the field, two of four from three. Um, he, he's shooting much, much better. Ziegler, of course, is doing his thing off the bench. Jemiah Meshack is playing lockdown defense and seeing his minutes increase. 
I mean, Tennessee's playing really good basketball right now. So interested to see how this week goes against Vanderbilt and, of course, Saturday against Kentucky. Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Vols, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us here on the show. We'll be back at it tomorrow the rest of this week. And I uh, can't wait to uh, bring any news regarding Tennessee football and answer all your questions tomorrow uh, for the Mailbag Show. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Vols your first listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen right behind Locked On Vols, your first listen each and every day. I'm Eric Kane. Find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Get in those Twitter Tuesday questions. Same time, same place. We'll do it again tomorrow. This is Locked On Vols. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.